Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, hit it shot. Oh, baby, what a play. This is Jeff Fedon with Believe in Chiefs on the Believe Network, Kansas City's number one sports podcast network. The only place with a show for every team in Casey and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? On this week's show, former Kansas City Chiefs offensive lineman Joe Valerio and I discuss Dolphins Chiefs game in Germany. And Joe, I was in Germany at the game. Such an amazing experience. One of the cool things, Joe, that they did about the week and the weekend in Germany, uh, where they had this, I don't know if you saw or heard about this championship boat that the Chiefs had. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, yeah. Such a cool idea. Chiefs president Mark Donovan said when his kind of aha moment of the Chiefs imprint in in Frankfurt and Germany is when they were flying in and he could see this, the red boat from the plane, like, and it was such a good idea. It was Frankfurt's a river city and was docked in the river, all decked out with um, uh, Chiefs, you know, the Chiefs players like Mahomes and Nick Bolton and guys on the side. And then you go inside and they had, you know, the Lombardi trophy. They had that memorabilia that I I sent you the Mm -hmm. pictures of like the t-shirt you had from the Japan game. They had, um, you know, press conference uh, set up, uh, a locker set up to simulate that. But more than that, it was just a cool hub. They had 30-minute sessions. Fans would uh, swing by. It, it sold out. They give you a little, like, um, commemorative mug with uh, this German wine in it. But more just the fact that it was a meeting, just the idea of it w- was so cool. And, you know, it was right downtown. Joe, I saw um, – Dave Tobe walking around downtown <laughs> in a Chiefs jacket. And it's, you know, he's a special teams coordinator. So maybe in Kansas City, you know, he could be anonymous anyhow. But certainly he was just walking his wife with his wife wearing Chiefs gear. And he was, you know, he was he would did not stand out because there were so many people in Chiefs gear, just the whole city. The fan base uh was robust and it it was a you know combination of great team and marketing efforts by the but the combination of the Chiefs being so good themselves and having Patrick Mahomes and also Chiefs have made very concentrated uh, marketing efforts. I talk about this. I encourage fans to go search my name, Jeff Fedotin on Forbes.com and, and read my um, article on that. Um, and then lastly, about just the, the game atmosphere, kind of interesting, Joe, is a um, definitely European feel that there was like smoke wafting through the stadium of the press box. You know, I'm not, not to use it. It was a good atmosphere. Definitely, you know, a chief's crowd. The stadium is about half the capacity of some of the international venues they've been before the London, Mexico city game. So I don't think it was quite as robust and as electric, as fun as it was. Um, and Joe, the highlight for the weekend might've been um, Daniel Jensen, who we, such a great guy, host of the Das Kingdom uh, podcast. We He was our guest last week. I encourage anyone to listen to that podcast if you haven't. But he threw a fan party Saturday night just at a bar. About 500 people there. It sold out. Um, you know, and it was surreal just to hear the tomahawk chop. Being, you know, just throughout a Saturday night in, in Germany. And, uh, and the game, you heard the tomahawk chop too. And you certainly heard Home of the Chiefs. Uh, yeah. Captain National Anthem. Really a cool Yeah, that, that's 
Jeff, that's exactly what our listeners want to hear, man. That first person experience. Cause look, I mean, you know, the chiefs travel well and you'll see a lot of red at visiting stadiums, but man, there's not a lot of people could, you know, get off of work or do different things to get out to, to a game in Germany. Right. So right. the fact that you could share that with our listeners is fantastic because, you know, to give them that first person sort of recollection of what it was like to be there during this really amazing cultural event. Right. And it just sounds like there was just a lot of chiefs people there. Like it's great to see that the chiefs and in, in their red and yellow have made their way over to, you know, the Western part of Europe and, and, and have that kind of an impact. And like all the things you said, a lot of it, you know, comes with the fact that they're winning and they got Patrick and Travis and they've got some big names, but I think you're right. Um, at the heart of it is the way that the chiefs have really embraced sort of the natural cultural swing that is happening with the NFL, which is really neat. And I think that's, that's something that's uh, pretty imp impressive. Jeff, do you have any idea who was like behind the whole championship thing? Like, was that just something that they did in Frankfurt? Was a private company? Do you do you have any yeah, insights I, into that? I, I did a, a lot of research in this, and again, I, I encourage fans, uh, listeners out there, to check out my story on on Forbes, where I talk a lot about it. But but Joe, yeah, it was absolutely a sea of red, as you mentioned. Just the the city flooded with it. Now, a lot of people were fans from Germany. A lot of one were fans from just even Kansas City who made a fun destination trip and also mm -hmm. fans just from like, you know, England and throughout Europe that was closer than going to Arrowhead. But yeah, to answer your question, it was, it was really smart. Uh, uh, branding it was basically, you know, the club's uh, kind of marketing and business departments from chiefs were the ones who thought of this and it was a boat they rented. It, it actually came from the sure. Netherlands. So they rented the boat, took about four days for them to, you know, put all the, not only the outside, but the interior to brand it with the Chiefs stuff. Um, and yeah, it was, you know, they originally thought of having like something like a brew pub or something like that, you know, that would be cool. But then they thought about it. Um, it was like an eight month creative process thinking about it. And they thought about it and they're like, you know, this is a river city. It's technically yeah. Frankfurt is like Fra Frankfurt O main AU space M A I N. Because it's that's the official name of the city. It's a river city, the main mm -hmm. river. So they're like, why not put a boat on there? Um, yeah. So that was such a smart idea, and it's an again an eight month pro process. Now again, all the teams are pretty creative about how they brand things. Like the Patriots are there this coming weekend, and they have like a Patriots house, H A U S, and they're going to have all sorts of cool stuff right. too. So you know, not just the Chiefs doing this, but the that was the thing that I was the most um, impressed by was just the creative creativity of the championship, and it really was a social hub throughout the weekend. It was open till you know ten at night, and every half hour was it was wow. full. And Joe Casey Wolf was on there. We got to see our buddy Christian Okoye, Dante Hall, your your new buddy, uh, Mark Roger Goodell. He he made a stop by, so it was it was really cool. That's really neat, Jeff. I mean, that, it just the reason I was asking that is it just makes me think about our trip to Tokyo when we mm -hmm. went there to play the Vikings in the preseason and how the Hunt family had an event for, you know, family that was, mm -hmm. were joining the team, you know, significant others and any family members that were joining uh, along for the, for the, for the ride there during the preseason, which is, which was always great to see, you know, people and family during the, the, the camp time. Cause that was, a, that was a rarity. Um, so 
but that you know the hunts had everything planned out to the T. I mean, they had trips every day, something social, something cultural in Tokyo for the families to go out uh, and see families and friends. And then they had stuff that was specific to the whole team, which which you could then bring your family and friends who were with you joining you on the trip. And then we had this huge boat ride um, in Tokyo on this humongous uh, ship that the mm-hmm that the hunt family rented out and they had a, a Dixieland band and they had a, 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 a karate uh, demonstration and a judo demonstration. Wow. It was just, it was awesome. I mean, that's just, that's who that family is. And I just, I figured they had to be behind it somehow, right. The chief's organization behind making something, you know, really part of a cultural event and, and, and then, and then actually bringing the culture of the town into their, sort of marketing, right? With, with it being, like you said, a river city. So that's just another checkbox feather in the cap for the hunt family and, and the chief's organization for first class, you know, uh, just doing things first class and, and making things uh, an event that everybody can share. And so that's awesome to hear. And, and what a game, right? I mean, Jeff, what a game. I mean, just, you know, it was such a, such a test for both teams and to do that on neutral soil. And, and it was just great to see the two, what at the right now, I mean, they're the two powerhouses uh, in the AFC and to see them out there competing was must've been really special too, to see that on, on foreign soil. Yeah. It's a treat because you often these international games, like, look next week, Colts Patriots. I know I might watch some of that, but that's not exactly a juicy matchup. This was such a juicy matchup, probably the best matchup we've had international play and it it got i think the best ratings i just saw a press release about that and before we get into that game joe you nailed it on the head though about the hunt family they there were a lot of questions um to to mark donovan and clark hunt that yeah you know are you guys capitalizing on the recent success of 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 the chiefs and the super bowl and patrick mahomes while you're going so hard into to germany uh but they said no this is years in the making and this is they wanted to continue the plan mm-hmm. lamar hunt was so big on on globalizing the game that a lot of it that was the roots really of this and um you know they have they have territorial rights they're one of five teams to have it in germany versus one they also have territorial rights in mexico but they're one of nine teams so strategically when you're mm-hmm. one of five you can make more of a difference than one of nine that was um uh you know part of the reason they've made such in emphasis and all these in initiatives and activations. And we'll talk about more of this and obviously more of the, more of the game itself. The last of the major pro sports leagues is kicked off and bet online is your top spot for NBA action this season. The MLB postseason might be over, but NFL and college football and NHL are in full swing. Bet online is your number one source for your wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. Get everything NBA at your, at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access for every sport, anytime. Head to BetOnline today to get in on the action. Don't forget to use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Uh, Joe, just a few more uh, notes here that are kind of interesting before we break down the game. Um, So Daniel Jensen, so great to meet him. Such a nice guy. We had so much fun with him on the pod. When I was at his fan party, I was kind of asking – a lot of fans just, I didn't know, is kind of just, uh, I guess this is what I talk about at parties, at least with Chiefs fans, but part of it, maybe yeah. I thought <laughs> this would work itself into the article. I'm like, how did you guys become Chiefs fans? 
And if there was one event that really led to it, it's kind of funny. It's that it was a 2018 championship game, uh, AFC championship game. Not not the one they not the ones they would win to go to the Super Bowl, but it's the one they lost to the Patriots. And I think a lot of these teams, a lot of these fans saw an ascending team, knew the Patriots were kind of running their run was coming to an end. And they're like, oh man, this is the team. So it makes them sound a little bit like front runners, but that, yeah, yeah. that was interesting that that was the event that if anyone, any event kind of precipitated that. Um, and then I had an interesting conversation with Clark Hunt uh, actually on the championship boat. You know, people have been wondering, what is the next step? Are they going to have a team in Europe, a team in Germany, a division? He said that is on the table, but he actually thinks the next step, he said it's going to take supersonic travel of airplanes for that to happen. I have no idea when they'll happen, but I thought that was an interesting point that if that if when that technology um becomes available, that that does make it a little bit more doable. But until then, um it 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 really isn't. So I, I uh to oh and one last nugget Joe and then I'm gonna stop talking because fans want to hear your your take on all this. But it's they um TV is set up pretty well in Germany for fans to watch. They can watch three ways. There's a new channel, the most, um, the most, the biggest network in in Germany is now showing games. But they can also watch Game Pass, which is no longer in the U.S. It still exists in um, Germany, and uh, they can watch it that or the uh, Zone or D A Z N. That channel has games, but RTL, the biggest channel there. Uh, shows two games. They should and they with the time change, it's six p.m. to nine, and then you know nine thirty or ten to one a.m. So at least the first game is certainly the timing is is uh, good there, and and so they get two live games. That's 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 pretty cool for fans to watch. Yeah, that's really interesting, and and um, you know that's that's the time zone thing is always tricky when you're going across the pond, right, to try to get. Mm-hmm. interest in, in, in either sport, right? Like here in the U S people who are into premier league soccer, generally it's a Saturday and Sunday morning, right? Mm-hmm. Somewhere between right. seven 30 and say 11, if it's a late game in England um, for premier league, at least uh, that's, you know, that's early, you know, and then all of a sudden, but you know, but it's kind of nice when you go, when you go the other direction, it's kind of nice. Cause then, you know, your day is, you know, I got a chance to like tailgate at the Eagles game, the Eagles Cowboys mm-hmm. game, because the Chiefs game was on at 9:30 in the morning. So we were having breakfast sandwiches uh, in the parking lot of Lincoln Financial Field, watching the Chiefs game. Um, we were able to stream awesome. it, and so we're we were getting to celebrate. And then all of a sudden, you know, at, at what one o'clock, like the Chiefs game was over, and you know, I was like, got the whole day ahead of me. So pretty neat when you when you think about that so it's the unfortunate thing for european foot nfl fans is it's the other direction so like you said they're, they're catching things pretty late at night which which can be you know that can be tough to try to manage your schedule when you're doing totally. that um and you don't want to watch especially with the internet today you don't want to watch things on tape delay because you're seeing scores and alerts yeah. all the time and you know you, you, it's kind of a spoiler alert at every turn so watching the um, live early games at 6 p.m is actually pretty i think that works well well yeah you don't really 10 p.m to 1 or whatever 10 30 to 1 that's pretty late but that 6 p.m window is sound i thought that was interesting that's a good way yeah. Hey, but hey, but but for us, us, us East Coasters here, you know, old school Monday night football used to come on That's at like true. nine o'clock when I yeah. was a kid. Yeah, and you know, it was one o'clock by the time yeah. you know those That's games twelve thirty, and we got used to it on the East Coast. 
I was one of those kids that would come in on Tuesday mornings extremely tired because my, <laughs> my dad was a little lenient on Monday nights because he knew what a football fan I was. Plus, it was, you know, it was the only chance to really see some of those those teams, right? I mean, um, you know, Monday Night Football, my favorite thing about Monday Night Football was the um, the Howard Cosell uh, halftime, like basically two-minute drill where he wow. would go through all the games. A lot of times that was the only opportunity I got to see some of those teams was during like a 13-second review of the game that happened the day before which is crazy to think about today. You can watch any game you want, anytime, stream anything you want, like how little impact, how little impact and, and sort of uh, exposure we had to, to NFL teams from around the country. And, you know, there were some teams, Jeff, there's probably half the league that I didn't even, I never saw play live mm -hmm. until later on in life, like, which is crazy, right. To think about. So um, yeah, just such a, such a cool thing, such a cool cultural experience. The supersonic stuff—that's interesting. Like if we had the Concord back, right? The Concord—I mm -hmm. I, I, forget—I forget what that transatlantic trip was for the Concord for like new, from New York to to London. Um, you know, I forget—I forget how long that used to take, but I know it was almost. I think it cut the trip in almost half. Yeah, and so I, I think have, that, that would make sense. That would make it doable. Now I don't know if that means it's thirty years down the road. I mean, yeah, it could be, but like, which is probably real. I mean, they're not like it. Just the competitive disadvantage is, is too too great now yeah it's, yeah it's really and to have it to have an outpost division would be very interesting if they played you know if they had a, a, a division of four teams over there in in europe and then all of a sudden you know they play you know you, you all you would get really is you know you'd get seven games over there um and then you'd have to play 10 in stateside Mm -hmm. Right. If you were, if you were to play, you know, each, like we do the AFC West, right. They play each team twice. So it's, you know, it's, it's, um, you know, you just, there's so few opportunities, right. Cause well, technically, well, technically it's six, six games, um, that, that, you know, each team would play and then they'd have 11 game actually if you do my math, right. They'd have 11 games to play over in the U S and how do you manage that? Like, mm -hmm. how do you get, or how do you get teams to come over there? and play real league games, like multiple games. Um, it will be interesting. It'd be interesting to see if they could ever do a European division. Um, and how it, would, it shows, and how it would fare. You know, that by what Clark was saying when he mentioned supersonic travel, that certainly this is shows that it's far off. This is not something that the next five years we're going to see right. a team in, in Europe. So I, I thought that was interesting. Joe, the game itself, uh, clearly a tale of two halves. 21-14 Chiefs win. Joe, what did you see or what were your thoughts about just the, the game it, itself? Well, you know, I'll make a Captain Obvious statement. You know, shutting down Tyreek Hill yeah. was critical and crucial, right? And 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 I think they put, I mean, it just seems like at least they put all their eggs in, in that basket. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they just decided to really go at Tyreek and, and, and not really um, – you know, focus on, on a whole lot of other things, to be honest. Cause I, you know, I was talking with the guys on a 10 this morning and, you know, I, I, I brought this up and, 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 and you know, I, I love statistics. I love data. You know, you can make some decisions off of it, but you know, if you really did just pull up the data sheet on this game and you literally didn't watch it and you didn't know the score, you would, could say very easily that the dolphins won the game. They pretty much outplayed the chiefs in almost 
every category, you know, and I named some of them on the show this morning, you know, like they had them in time of possession by, you know, almost a minute. They had four more first downs. They had almost 30 more yards total. They had one more passing yard. They had about 20 plus yards more rushing, less penalties, um, more total plays, more yards per play, same equal turnovers, right? Like, just thinking about that, you'd say, God, did the Dolphins win that game? Yeah. And 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 really, it came down to one thing. It came down to shutting down Tyreek Hill and, you know, and the fumble and the defensive yeah. score. Really, if you had to boil down to a couple of things, that was really it. And I think Steve Spagnuolo has had this game circled on his calendar for a year, thinking, how do we shut down Tyreek Hill? And if we can do that, we win this game. And, you know, I think it leaves a lot of questions about the Dolphins. Um, I think it's more questions about the Dolphins than the Chiefs at this point. Mm -hmm. The fact that they have not beat a team with a winning record and that they're 0-3 against teams with winning records. So, you know, hey, but at the same time, it's just the beginning for the Chiefs right now. I mean, you got bye week in Eagles. We still have, you know, we got to play the Chargers again, who they looked really good against the Jets. Um, they've still got to play the Bills, who, you know, I know struggled against the Bengals, but they're still the Bills and still Josh Allen and they got to play the Bengals, right? I mean, they've got a pretty meaty part of their schedule yeah, coming up right now. Uh, Joe, you're totally right. It's it's funny, and, uh, you, the point you made, that you look at – I always look at box scores after games, and, like, usually they tell the story of the game, and this one, it did it because by all counts, the, the Dolphins would have won if you looked at the box score. And the difference really was – I mean, the, the game totally changed on that play you mentioned, the, the fumble on uh, that they forced on Tyreek and – what a momentum swing there. They were driving. It looked like they were going to score, maybe make a game 14-7 going into half instead of 21-0. Um, I, I spoke to Legereus Sneed after the game, and Joe, he he deserves a lot of credit. He was the guy really shadowing Tyreek Hill. What they did is they kept – when Tyreek Hill was outside, um, Sneed almost always had him one-on-one. -on -one. When they And credit to the Dolphins. They, they were very creative in – in how they used Tyreek Hill. They moved him all over the field. He'd be in the slot. He'd be in motion. They'd, they'd run, you know, they'd run ball ball to him. They'd fake jet sweep. You know, it wasn't for a, a lack of creativity. But so then when, then when they moved him into the slot, um, that, then he became more of Trent McDuffie's guy because he's a nickel cornerback, but they would still shade Sneed toward him. So McDuffie would be on him and then kind of Sneed over the top. So really clever for that. And let's give Sneed some credit now. He's he's shut down. He basically was the primary defender on Justin Jefferson. Shut him down. Shut down Garrett Wilson, another really good receiver. Each week he's getting the number one guy. And he, he would, Joe, this is also interesting. He was the only guy, the only Chiefs defensive back still on the team when Tyreek was because it's such a young group. Such a young group. But yeah, credit to Steve. He yeah. he really shut him down. Yeah, he really did. And you know, Spagnola just had had the right game plan. I mean, the Chiefs defense is peaking right now. Yeah. And uh this is they're playing some very, very high level football. And, you know, when they get Nick Bolton back, I mean, you know, because but that's why they brought in Drew Tranquil. I mean, the depth mm -hmm. that he provides, the the athletic ability of these linebackers coupled with the maturation of this defensive backfield. I mean, then you look at the stack defensive line. I mean, you know, Dan is having a, having a contract year, right? Yeah, I right. Mean, uh, 
Chris Jones is, you know, off the charts. Amenahu, it's great having him back. I mean, this this team is this defense is is humming right now, and it's just what it's just what the Chiefs need. And I think what it's going to do is as as the offense continues to get its sea legs under as they head into the meaty part of the season here, I think it's it's important that they were playing well. And and and, and Andy will do it. He will cook up stuff during this bye week. They'll they'll get back on track. Um, I just, I guess, Jeff, really the big question mark, um, you know, I know it's not to be a downer coming off the win is what are we going to do with this receiving core? Mm-hmm. And is, is, is this, is that, you know, every year, the, every team has an Achilles heel, right? Every year, a team, yeah, right, right. no, nobody has every position locked uh-huh. up. Um, is, is that, is the receiving core right now, the chiefs sort of Achilles heel and will it, you know, will it be something that they can overcome? Right. I mean, I, Isaiah Pacheco continues to run the ball very well. He makes good decisions. Patrick makes good decisions on, you know, the RPO stuff and when he needs to hand it off to him and, and when he has to pull it back in the play action. So people are starting to they're, they're, they're respecting Isaiah Pacheco. I think the defenses are starting to respect him and 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 the play action is working for that reason is that they actually have somebody who can who can run the ball. Um, it was nice to see, you know, Travis not be like the number one, like, you know, cause every once in a while you have to, you know, you have to have a game like that where, you know, if you can do it without your number one offensive player, um, that's, that's also, you know, that's very, that's positive, right. Where, you know, he can, um, you know, he, he wasn't the be all and end all in this game. And, and I think that's, it's important that they continue to spread the ball around. Um, and as you can see, not a lot of super long plays, and and a lot of you know very good you know average yards per catch and per per receiver. So that I think is what you know Matt Nagy and Andy Reid are doing right now to overcompensate by sort of having a plus talent other than Travis Kelsey at the receiver position is that they're just spreading it around and giving everybody a shot at the ball and 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 keeping defensive backfields guessing. Great point there, Joe. We're going to take a, a quick break. Uh, Joe, I, I think you're totally right. I think the receivers, receiving position has proven to be we're now halfway through the season, the Achilles heel. And one, they're young, so they might get a little bit better. But, you know, that that might just be enough to even go – I mean, if that's their only thing. Like you said, the defense are playing lights out. They, they just stopped – they just held the team that ranked – Number one in both points and yards, the 14 points total. Um, so when you have that kind of defense, good offensive line, good run, run game, best quarterback in the NFL, even if if the um, you know even if the receiver position is 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 a weakness as a whole, you have all those other parts that that might be enough. And Joe, you I, I want to piggyback on what you said about Nick Bolton. Um, he is a loss. Drew Tranquil has been filling in. One thing as great as the defense has been playing, it's been a little bit susceptible to the run of late. Even in the win to the Dolphins, they late they kind of got momentum. The Dolphins through some big Mostert runs, mm-hmm. but Joe, I think that that's gonna when Nick Bolton comes back, it, it's gonna be a little bit. But he's a very good run stuffer, so that's that one tiny weakness the defense has. They they might be able to totally address that and really have no weaknesses on defense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, the 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 fear, I guess, is 
you know, when you get against a team that might have like a two headed monster in the running game, because, yeah. you know, the, the, you know, it's, it's the Raheem Mostert show in Miami. I mean, right. Tua, Tua was their second, you know, um, you know, leading rusher or not second leading rusher, but he was, he was, uh, you know, the guy that seemed to get the most, you know, most out of his, is his running. And, you know, he's the quarterback. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, Jalen Waddle did have that one pretty long run. And he's not, uh, he's not Josh. He's not Josh Allen. He's not Lamar. Jackson right. By any right. Right. I mean, you look at the rushing stats, you know, and it's like Raheem Mostert was everything. I mean, Tua had a couple runs. You had the Jalen Waddle run and he's a receiver. You had the Tyreek run. He's a receiver. So they don't really have, you know, that like one, two punch that and would give cool. me, Right. A lot of concern, at least for this game. My fear yeah. is, you know, we get once, down the road. With Saint Chan comes back, they they should. But like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. Uh, Joe, curious if you just had any more questions or thoughts from my experience. It was fun texting you some of those some of those pictures um, from whether it was from the boat for the game or just walking around the the city. But if you had any questions uh, about my experience, especially considering all the experience you've had in Germany and also playing in international games like the Japan one that you mentioned. Well, yeah, I guess I'd be remiss if I didn't, you know, realize I, I gotta be honest. I totally forgot until I saw a social media post about coach Fagnola coaching right. the Frankfurt galaxy. When I was playing the Frankfurt galaxy, I didn't realize oh, that's cool that he was the defensive coordinator when I was playing for the Birmingham fire. And we played that game over in Frankfurt. So I know that was a little bit of a homecoming for, uh, did they Coach Spags. Do you remember? I know that's a you know one game a long time ago. Did they blitz a lot? Was it like the Spags? The, the <laughs> Jeff, I can't remember what I had for dinner last night. <laughs> fair boy. Fair I'm trying to think back to a game in 1992 <laughs> in Frankfurt, Germany, who, for a kid who had never been to Europe, I'd fair never enough. been outside fair of enough. the United States. <laughs> um, I had barely flown on airplanes at that point, and uh, you know. That's a great question, but man, I'll tell you, Jeff, you 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 think a lot of my memory. Yeah, I do. I do. Have, I do my, you know, my my <laughs> wife always says that I have a good memory for a lot of sports stuff, and she's like, "How could you remember that play on this game?" And I and I can do that, but that's saying a lot. <laughs> I can pull that one up. So, um, but no, I you know he he uh, it's just I just thought it was so cool that I actually you know that played was, against Coach Bags and uh, yeah. You know, I, I would have loved to have been there in Germany to to or to see Coach Bags. If I ever if I ever see him, I'll have to bring that up um, and uh, you know and, and talk about our days at Birmingham Fire. He probably wouldn't remember either. <laughs> He'd be like, Birmingham Fire, what team was that? Right? He'd be like, what's going on? So, uh, but yeah, so it's uh, that was that was one one thing that was cool. But I did want to ask you, Jeff, like. How how do you think the players were? Did you get in? Did you get enough exposure? to the players to see how they appreciated being there or, you know, whether or not, um, you know, it was, a, it was like a, it wasn't a, look, you're, 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 these are first world problems, right? You get to go to Europe and play a game that you love, but like, was it a drag for the players? Could you sense that it was a drain or were they kind of absorbing a little bit of the culture at least? And, you know, even though the chiefs only had, you know, limited time there other than like, unlike the dolphins, did, did you I, get any sense of what the yeah, players I were did. going to I think, I think they did really have a good time and were excited about it. I think there were also a couple things in play. It always helps when you win. And when I was talking to these right. guys a lot, 
in the, in the victorious locker room. Um, and I think it also helps they had a bye week after. So it's like, you know, this is, but they did, you know, uh, Travis Kelsey said how, how much he liked it, that he, th- of his, all the international trips he's been on, he went to London and Mexico. He said that this is the most fun, the best environment. Oh, great. He wants to go back for a, for a soccer game in Frankfurt. So I think they did enjoy it. And you know, what was cool? Like I keep going back to one of the, the, uh, indelible memories I'll have from this is watching Dave Tobe walk through downtown that, you know, he made an effort and apparently Andy Reed went out to dinner someplace Friday night. So they made some effort. Those are the, um, that was the only thing I heard of, a, of a players going out, but I, I do think they liked it. There were a lot of people. Um, Sky Moore had, had not been out of the country. I, Patrick Mahomes is crazy as this is because he's a, um, you know, being Patrick Mahomes and also being in Adidas, um, athlete being one of their main athletes, and that's a German company. He had not been to Europe, so Sky Moore had not been out of the country. Patrick Mahomes had not been to Europe, so I, I think they, um, I think they did. I, I, they did seem to to really like it. I, I didn't hear any bad complaints, and you know, people were worried about the field. The field looked good. Like you know, I, I think it was a good situation. Everybody seemed to be. Uh, in a good, good, happy mood. I, I think it was a great experience for Chiefs fans. I think they really liked, they could tell how passionate the fan base was and they were really, I, I, I think that, that kind of moved them um, and inspired them. So it was, yeah, that's really cool. And that's, that's refreshing to hear. And, and I, and I look, I've been talking about it all week. I look, of course the Chiefs won. It's easy to say, well, they, of course they made the right decision going on Thursday. I let, I like that they made it a mix then, it sounds like, of business and and a little bit of pleasure. Because, you know, look, for me personally, I was in that camp that says, you know what, guys, this is – you're playing the Miami Dolphins. Like, treat this like a – like a – you know, yeah. like a business trip. Like this is a this is a huge game. You only get 17 of these games. And, you know, and let's be honest, you only really get about eight real games, right, where you're playing for something. Like – not that every game in the NFL isn't important, but like, you know, when you look at a schedule, like there's really about as a fan, I would never do this as a player, but as a fan, like you get like, you got like eight games to really make a statement. You know what I mean? And, and based on, you know, other playing a lot of teams, some with losing records, some with middle, you know, middling records, but like this was one of those games, you know, when you, when you look at a calendar and you pick up the Chiefs schedule and you go, Oh man, chargers, uh, you know, um, Eagles, um, Dolphins, Bills, Bengals, right? Like those are five games. You're like, you can't risk losing sight of the fact that it is a business trip. So, but it sounds like they at least did at least get to absorb some of it. So maybe they had it right. You know, maybe going too early was, was a little bit of a distraction for the Dolphins and, and, and maybe it got them out of their game. So it sounds like they, they made it work and, and, and they were ready to play. I mean, I was, I was ecstatic at halftime, I'm thinking, my gosh, 21 to nothing. Like, is this going to be, yeah. is this going to be 35 to seven? Like, I didn't think they were going to double their score and, you know, be 42 to nothing like that. That's unrealistic. But like, cause you know, you knew the dolphins were going to make some halftime adjustments, but like, I, I was really thinking like at least like 28 to three or 20, 35 to seven or 35 to 10, like one of those type games and, and um, you know, listen, give a lot of credit to the dolphins for making adjustments and, you know, getting players in the right places at, at the right time in the second half. So 
you know, you got to give them credit too. They are, they are a good team and they're well coached and they have a lot of talent. Like you said, coming into this game, they're tops in, in offensive rating. So all in all, huge win going into a bye week, Super Bowl rematch coming up on Monday night can't in wait. Kansas City. Like, come mm-hmm. on. Like, it doesn't, you can't set a stage any better than this. Jeff, I, I got to be honest, given where the Eagles are at, at, at eight and one, and and the Chiefs at seven and two Super Bowl rematch. The momentum that both teams have going right now, with the wins that they both had, with the Eagles over the Cowboys uh, in a in a barn burner, right? That everybody was watching that game. Uh, who could? And then and then the the, the 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 Chiefs being on the national stage, dude. It this could be in modern like you know the last however many years you want to say this could be the most watched Monday Night Football game yeah. ratings wise that we will see point. in a long time. Certainly the and certainly the game of the year this year, uh, Joe. Uh, you made a, a good point about the business trip. Just want to follow up on that. And it was I think the Chiefs. It, it, certainly they won the game. They, it proved to be the right approach. And you know it's funny. I landed about the same time the Chiefs did uh, Friday morning, and I I felt like death on Friday. But they what they always say is you push through it. Don't take a nap. Yeah. So that's what I did. And then the next couple of days slept great and felt good. So I think you know. <laughs> Maybe the right approach, and the, the the other thing that that so this is a funny nugget on my flight going from Chicago to Frankfurt nonstop, tons of Chiefs fans on there, and also the Chiefs cheerleaders were on there, which is oh, kind of a, a funny thing. Which and it also put in perspective now the poor cheer, cheerleaders are you know flying coach middle seats and things like that, but the Chiefs are flying on this big charter. They it's probably easier to take get a couple hours, you know. Uh, a nap in or something on that flight when you're on this big luxurious charter flight uh, rather than rather than the the, the poor Chiefs uh, cheerleaders, but yeah, um, so it, it, they certainly they certainly seem to do it right and maybe just push through like I said that first day uh, rather than the Dolphins who spent all, all week there and came out you know let's be honest it came out a little sluggish. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's um, something to be said for, you know, how you schedule those things. Funny story, Jeff, when we played in Japan, we played in Tokyo in 1994. Um, I remember going over for that preseason game and, you know, there was, there's only so, there's only so many first class seats on a plane, even a jumbo jet, like, you know, that you're taking overseas. We flew on Japanese airlines on JAL. And I remember Russ, the bus McCullough, that name rings a bell to you or any Chiefs fans or actually Mizzou fans or anybody who, you know, live in the Midwest. At one point, I think he was the biggest player in the NFL. Uh-huh. Um, and he did bounce around a little bit, but he went to camp with us that year in 1994. He was 6'10". Jeff, he had to be a biscuit away from 350, 360 pounds. I mean, he was a monster. And he was sitting in a middle seat in coach. <laughs> oh, Could you imagine six foot ten, three hundred and fifty pounds? Russ the bus McCullough was his, his nickname was the bus, and I'll never forget seeing him on that plane and just. And I'm thinking to myself, I was lucky enough to get an aisle seat, and I was sitting next to my wife, who's not she's pretty short, so I could at least lean into her seat a little bit. And I'm thinking back, how is Russ even like, how is he sleeping? How is he doing anything on this plane? But you definitely was, had a better sitch than, than uh, Russ, yeah. but yeah. definitely yeah. a worse situation than the current Chiefs going on their, their nice charter uh, flight across the pond. Well, if you enjoyed this show presented by Battle Online, please subscribe 
We're available on your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Luminary, and TuneIn. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Go Chiefs! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.